Welcome to Cooper Dog. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guests. And I have to tell you, I uh, I ate dinner last night at home. And I, I get so tired of seeing on Facebook and different places friends of mine who sit there and they say they eat like crap because it's so cheap. Now, given you can go to you know the Del Taco and get stuff for 99 cents and stuff like that. But just think of the crap you're putting in your system. Last night, I actually, I mean, for I cooked for two because me and Joanne, you know, she's moved in. But I sat there and I got stuffed clams. Stuffed clams. Good deal. A dollar sixty each, five ounce clams at Sprouts, and then I got zucchini on sale. It was fifty cents a pound. I got half a pound for me, so that comes out to three dollars and seventy cents. Okay, actually three dollars and fifty cents. And people always argue. They say, "Well, we can't prepare it because it's so hard to cook." All I did was set my oven at four fifty and throw them both in the oven for twenty minutes. And that's why it just pisses me off. And then people go out, they'll spend like six bucks for a quarter pound of a cheese, which a quarter pound of a cheese is, which I, I can't believe they still have because they, they weigh four ounces before they're cooked. So that's like, you're getting like a, a kid's burger. Anyway, so people just start eating healthy, you know, because it's so much easier. You don't need that crap because you're all going to have heart failure like me, but then your ratings will go up. So it's all good. Anyway, we have a great show today. Uh, gentlemen, I've known for a while. Who's uh? You see him everywhere now because his commercials just blowing up. I mean, it's everywhere. I was in the airport, going back to Philly. I see him. I sit there. I see him around town, and it's like I can't. I can't get enough of this guy. And I wanted a T-shirt, but he was out of them. <laughs> and he was actually the reason why. Uh, two weeks ago, Paul Carafotis, he uh, used to teach Corey years ago, and uh, was mentored Corey, and that was years ago. And now. Corey's on TV more than Paul, but we have Corey Jacob. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks for having me. No problem. I, people actually, I just found out I've known Corey for what five years. Yeah, yeah, years. right around there. And I always said he looks like a uh, Ben Savage. <laughs> Do you hear that at all? Yeah, I get that. I get that a little bit. I mean, you're bigger. You know, Ben Savage is little. He's like a little. I mean, he's. Have you met him? Um, I haven't. Uh, yeah, I get Ben Savage. I get uh, John C. Riley a lot because of my hair. Yeah, but I mean John C. Riley's older, and I mean you're thin. I mean you're thinner. You're young. I mean, right. You don't look like John C. I can see the hair, but yeah, I always try to say it's okay if you call me that. Just mention that I'm slightly more handsome than John right. C. Riley, but I take it as a compliment as far as his acting oh, and yeah, comedy goes. And it's funny because I, people, I, I I didn't know we just talked about what your real last name was, and I, I thought I thought you were a Jew from uh, Wisconsin because <laughs> you're from Milwaukee, right? Or I'm from uh, Sheboygan. It's it's about an hour north of Milwaukee. Okay, now now Green. How far is that from Green Bay? Uh, also an hour. It's right between. So so you grew up in the cold, but I just think because there's like there's hardly any Jewish people in Wisconsin. I mean, yeah, I, it's mostly it's mostly like a lot of German uh, immigrants, uh, obviously with like the beer and bratwurst tradition. Uh, so yeah, I'm German Russian. Now, growing up, and it's just so weird because, you know, when you grew up nearer to a big city, like towards Philadelphia or New York, stuff like that, it seems like the arts are more influential. When you were younger, were you, uh, was there a lot of art, like the, the arts, like comedy? Because you, you act. Was there a lot of acting in your area or did you know at a young age you wanted to do comedy and act? I mean, how did you end up taking this path down to, you know, the acting? Um, I was always, uh, well, I'm a middle child. Uh, so growing up... Uh, we would watch, you know, SNL and the Farley and Sandler movies, and basically, I would imitate the characters endlessly. Like SNL every week, that's all we did was watch SNL reruns on, and uh, I would imitate, imitate all the characters. And my parents would just be so annoyed, but I would get their attention. Well, were they were they into it? Also, were they in, did they watch a lot of TV, or was it just no. you and your brother and yeah, sister? Me, with- me and my uh, me and my two brothers watched watched a lot of SNL reruns and uh, Kids in the Hall and things like that. And then uh, just in school, I was I was the class clown, um, prankster guy who was just like testing out material during class and interrupting teachers. And uh, one day, I think it was like second grade. 
you know, I was being a smart aleck like usual, second, third grade, and uh, they need. We had this spring concert every year, and they needed like a lead actor for At the Hop. Okay. And she's like, Corey, get up here. You sing it. You you know you want to. Do you sing? Are you a good singer or are you a kid? I mean, second grade, you can't be that great of a singer. <laughs> but did, were you a? Did you show some sing? I mean, why did she want you to sing? I mean, she, besides being a wise actor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Act. Um, yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I can, I can sing. Uh, I never really took it seriously. Uh, yeah, so I got the lead in that. That was my first lead. I was that, and then um, I played a lot of sports growing up, like basketball, primarily baseball, golf. Um, but uh, sixth, so I always knew I wanted to be an actor slash entertainer. Um, I wasn't sure if it was going to be you know comedy or acting or or singing that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, comedy all the time. And then uh, in sixth grade, I auditioned for The Music Man, which uh, growing up. Um, there was some arts uh, culture around, and there and there is in Sheboygan and uh, in Milwaukee as well. well. What size? What size of a city is Sheboygan? We're talking sixty thousand. Yeah, 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 about sixty thousand exactly. But, but is there any is there any cities around there that are big? Like for me, like where I grew up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, I compared to very much like Burbank. There was two high schools, but you know we had sixty or seventy thousand. But then. Right next door, there's Pensacola that has twenty five thousand, and then you know, right ten miles away is Philadelphia that yeah. has you know. Was there any bigger town besides Milwaukee? Besides being an hour away, was there any towns that were Sheboygan size? Um, well, by Green Bay, there's Appleton, Oshkosh, all that stuff. Um, yeah, so th- so that's about it. But primarily, Sheboygan was was where I spent most of my time. So you would get the the cool stuff there. I mean, there's probably Sheboygan Art Center. So you would you would you would get the plays and stuff like that more as if you lived out in wherever. That's like you know something. So did you there was arts coming in? You said into Sheboygan. Yeah, there. Um, yeah. So my first my first part was the music band, and and where I grew up, it's it's all very everyone's focused on athletics, right. and uh, you know that's the primary focus. I mean, I got made fun of all the time. Was this a school production or was it a? Well, the music man was a school production. Okay. I was in sixth grade, and um, you know it was a lot of like theater dweebs or whatever, and I was like the kind of like smart aleck jock guy who hung out with a lot of crowds, and uh, I remember uh, Kohler was our rival. You know, like the toilet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're like famous Kohler. Um, they were our rival in basketball. And for the next three years when we played them, they'd be like, I got Winthrop. You know, like all like not only was my own school like making fun of me right. all the time and all my friends, but all these other jocks from these other schools were also making fun of me. Well, let me tell you something about those jocks making fun of people. <laughs> years ago. They're at the bar, right? You can probably find no, them at the local Yeah, exactly. Bar. No, years ago, there was a Brady Bunch episode when I was little. And then, now you're a, you're a lot younger than me, but I'm watching it. And I remember uh, Peter joined the uh, choir. And everyone saw him, called him a songbird and a canary. But then they found out big pro football player Deacon Jones was in was in the choir. And then and all of a sudden, then every football player wanted to join. So yeah, yeah. And Carafoda said the same thing. He was he was like doing the athletics, but he's like, but he goes, hey, he goes, when I did the acting, I got the chicks. It was different. I was already good at athletics. So he said, the hell with the hell with uh, the hell with the the football. That you know. Yeah. So so you're doing that. So sixth grade now, do you kill at the music? Were you lead? Were you the lead? Yeah, Winthrop. He's the the young lead. Yeah, I was the lead in that. And then as soon as I got that, I mean, I was, I was pretty much hooked, and I always knew that that that's what I wanted to do. Now now, did you go as in, when you went to high school? Were you in theater in high school? Uh, no, I actually stopped doing uh, acting at that time because. Uh, I played basketball like a lot um, and, and sports, um, so I focused on that. And then I got back to acting uh, in college. So where'd you go to school? I went to junior college at UW Sheboygan. Um, 
I basically uh, played basketball there and uh, did some drinking and. Uh, <laughs> well, it's college, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know. And um, and that's where I that's where I uh, got back into acting again. And now you were out there. Now were you were you doing local productions back there? Now once you got back into it, now did, did you when you got out of junior college? What did you do? I mean, did you in, in junior college you played basketball and did some acting? Well, yeah, I was in the acting program there, and actually one of the teachers there, Chuck Krabs, uh, was my first director. He was an amazing, still to this day, one of the best directors I've ever had, and I've worked with some pretty amazing directors. Um, yeah, I was in his acting class, but I hadn't been in any plays or anything, and because I was on the basketball team and stuff like that, and. Um, one day he said, hey, hey, Corey, uh, actually I went into his office and I said, you know, I, I think I want to start doing plays and, you know, I got to start performing, whatever. So he, he gives me these sides from a play called Mandragola written by Machiavelli, the guy who wrote, um, let me see, uh, The Prince. Okay. And uh, so it's like, you know, it's written in English, but it's a lot of Italian words and, and, and stuff like that. Um, lead, lead role. And I had no stage credit since I was in sixth grade, really. Um, but that's sixth grade, man. You killed it. Yeah, so yeah, said, I crushed it. I he crushed, crushed it, it man. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's every comic in a, every new comic in LA. I crushed it. There's three people in the audience, but so <laughs> they always said I crushed. You know, there's three. Don't put it on Facebook. Uh, so, so you you were were you nervous? Um, you know, to be honest, I didn't really know what what was going on. He said he had actually already cast the part, and he's like, I have this part. It's you know, you know, it's perfect for you. Like, just give it a read, whatever. So I basically did my first cold reading. Okay. Um. You know, I was, I think, 19, 20 years old. And uh, and he called me. But he's like, all right, I got to think about this. Like, give me give me a day or two. He calls me back two days later, and he says, you got the lead role in this play out of college. And I had no experience, like, minimal training. But he just really believed in me, and I really appreciated that. Well, I think that happens a lot. I think a lot of times in the performance aspect – they the director knows and and it's like it's like a comic who's been doing comedy for a long time you know if something's funny or not and you know when you get on stage and i think if the director sits there and has that feeling that you're going to be good you don't need training cuz you there's a certain you know sometimes people overly train and then it just blows their you know performance cuz then they get too into their head but he probably sat there and just said okay you know i know i can tell this guy's going to be good so you didn't need you didn't need that theater how did you do it did you did you do well um, there was there was a few nights where I was on fire, and there was a few nights where, where the maybe didn't go as well. <laughs> but it happens. I mean, that's sometimes a lot of times that's also the crowd. It's not just the acting. Sometimes you feel like you're off, and I think the difference is, I mean, in a play, everyone's revolving around you, you know. So you have to be good, and if you feel like you're off, I think it gets into your head a little bit. But with comedy, if you go up, if you're doing well, you're doing well. If you're sucking, you're sucking. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're like the hell with it. You know, you Instant look at, feedback. You look yeah. at your clock and you okay, I got to do 30 minutes. You go, well, I better pull this shit out of the gutter. Or when you sit there and you're doing great, you go, oh, my God, it's already 30 minutes. And that's that's the difference. Right. So you do this play and now it goes well for you. It gives um, you some confidence. A bit. I mean, at that time I decided uh, that I was going to move to L.A. and I was going to do plays nonstop until I moved out here. Now, had you been to L.A. before? Nope. Okay, no, just, but you knew, you knew you wanted to do this acting thing. So, like, parents would say, you want to do that acting thing? They always go, you do that acting thing? Like, we don't call it an act, the acting thing. We call it a career. But so you decided you wanted to do this. And yep. so you said, did you, did you make a deadline? Did you say, yeah. okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out here. What was your deadline from when you, from Sheboygan? What was it from Sheboygan JCC? What was it until you, uh, how long, how much did you give yourself to move out here? Um, I was 22 at the time and, uh, I was hanging out with some idiots and doing some, uh, questionable activities 
And I said, you know, like, this is my dream. This is what I want to do. I, I'm, within two years, I'm going to move to L.A. Um, now, you, you were doing plays back there in those two years? I, that's all I did was play. I did seven plays in two years. Like what were some? Were, were they were they all musicals? Or were they, were no, I did, uh, I did the, uh, the first one was the uh, um, Mandragola, where I was the lead in that. And I was in Jesus Christ Superstar. Now, did you have to get naked on Jesus Christ Superstar? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have to, but I, I did. You, you back, were in, you, backstage, maybe. I know, but you weren't on stage completely naked. No, no, okay. no, no. Because no. a lot of times they do that they, with Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, we didn't have any nudity in our production. That's good. That's good. So you did that. What? what but that's um, also a musical. Yeah. Well, that was a musical. I was like, uh, like featured. You know, whatever. Like a, apostle kind of thing. Okay. Um, actually, and it was funny because when I walked in for that for that audition, the director like l- looked at me because he hadn't seen me before, and he was like, "Oh, this guy's got a great look. I could tell." And then, like, I, I think I sang Maroon Five for my audition, and I just tanked it. Like, I couldn't remember the words. I went that's up on funny. my, you know, I just, I got like, I think I ended up staring at the floor halfway through. Um, but that went great, and I, I found some nice little bits within the uh, context of the text for that play. And then uh, I ended up getting the lead in the Sting, so I played Hooker, which is Redford's character. Yeah, that's Redford's okay. character. Um, great movie, by the way. A lot of people, yeah, people, you, younger people. It was funny. I was just talking to someone the other night about it because Redford has that new movie came out by by he's by himself. That uh, Redford's on a raft. Robert Redford has that movie. Oh, I'd watch it. Yeah, but the funny thing is, a lot of people like if you're unless you're in the profession in the business if you're under 30 or 35 you have no idea who robert redford is and how actually big he was i mean he was giant with the the sting and all the president's men and he went on to sit there and you know he started sundance a lot of people don't know that they just just think now sundance no he's amazing yeah so so you played you played redford's character yep okay well they said you're not paul newman enough or what was that uh they cast an older okay gentleman in that yeah because it's supposed to be kind of like he's the mentor right. and the uh, redford character is a mentee so you're you're doing good plays you're doing that and so whatever and so you sit there and you're doing sting you're doing jesus christ superstar what else um romeo and juliet i was paris okay um that was fun and that was that was back at the uh, uw sheboygan theater um and, and at that time, I wasn't even going to college there, so it was kind of a weird thing of me being cast in those plays because there was all the college students wanted to be in the play. Right. That that's but that shows something for your talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think it was a, a a thing. The director really believed in me, uh, Chuck Krebs, and I really, I mean, to this day, I appreciate that, and I look forward to working with him again. Um, so he was kind of slowly like grooming me, I think, and then, uh, um, and then the next play that they did was Tale of Two Cities. And uh, I was super prepared for that, and I, I got Sidney Carton, which is the part that I wanted. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. So you're doing these plays, and, but you know you have that goal you're going to go to L.A. in two years. Yeah. So when you sit there, now, did you just pack your car and drive out, or did you look like on – because the difference is like when a lot of us moved out west, there wasn't – the internet, so you couldn't sit there and go, oh, okay, what area is nice? You know, yeah. now you can sit there and go, oh, okay, wow, I can go to West Side Rentals. I can go, you have an idea. Most right. people just come out and go, where the hell are we going to live? Yeah, yeah. Unless you have <laughs> friends out here, and, and it's just, and it's great now because it makes it so much easier for people to come out because a lot of people come out for a year, they think they're going to act, and then they nothing happens and they go back. Right. And you see that all, I mean, you're seeing that all the time, probably with your improv and all that stuff. You see that. So where did you, where did you first move when you came out here? Um, well, me and my dad, uh, we visited once just to uh, for like one weekend to check out the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, which is where I went. And then uh, we went back. Now, where's that located? It's on uh, Sunset in La Brea, like right okay. just south of Sunset. I live right near there. Yeah. Um, so then when we came 
basically, you know, we, we just came to like look around the city, see where the stuff is laid out, all that. And that, and that was a couple months before I moved out. And uh, I remember we went to the uh, Hollywood Billiards. The pl- you know what I mean? They, you know what's funny? I had gotten out of comedy, but I did do an open mic there like a, nine years ago. They did it, and uh, they, and then it went underneath. It went, and then it disappeared, and it reopened and did comedy, and it disappeared. Yeah, I mean that was a huge place. But uh, we were watching the Wisconsin Badgers, I think, uh, football game, and uh, you know having beers or whatever. And, and there was some people from Wisconsin there, so like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna move out here and be an actor. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is the story that they wanted to hear. You know, like it's 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 almost annoying when you live in LA and, and everyone's telling you that you're an they're an actor or or you know I'm a stand up comic or whatever. Um, but yeah, we were like, so what are some good neighborhoods to live live in? Like, oh, you know, Sherman Oaks or here, here, here. We just, I mean, I just ended up moving uh, to Hollywood, like right by the uh, Walk of Fame, with <laughs> a, a Norwegian roommate that I met. Um, on the internet from like my acting school's roommate finder program. That's funny because when I when I first moved up here, I was living in um, I was on Leland Avenue, and it was right. There used to be a um, uh, what's it an old McDonald's on the corner of uh, Sunset and Highland, and then it was it's like right down the street from Hollywood High. It was a block behind it, and my buddy hooked me up with it. He knew he knew someone lived there. I paid three eighty five for a studio. Wow. Which was nuts. And I I was married at the time so I'd go back to San Diego so we could afford it. But because it, it it was a thing, but three eighty five was so cheap. And now that thing probably goes for like a thousand because then the area just yeah blew up that area. So you get out here and so now, And that was a big shock for me too was I mean in Sheboygan I had a I had like a one and a half bedroom basically. Um I was three hundred? Yeah like three three fifty. You know? And what was it here for the two bedroom? Uh, I think it was like sixteen. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's so funny, and it's it's like in Burbank, I have a great deal. Thank yeah. God. But I hear it's like some of the people where they live, I go, "What? You're paying that for Burbank?" It's like I know people pay like the Avalon. They pay like sixteen hundred for a one bedroom. Like, are, are you high? Right. It's Burbank. I mean, nothing against Burbank. I love Burbank, but I mean, I pay. I, mean, I pay. 1344 two level townhouse that's 1300 square feet and I'm like what you know and in Hollywood they even get you more especially because yeah. they know people come off when you come out with your stuff and your luggage they basically say in the lands are going well screw this guy you have no choice except to pay it right so you moved in now were you intimidated when you came out here was it was it a big eye-opener because you're living in the middle of Hollywood I mean it's not like I was you, literally living yeah, one it, block from the uh, exactly. from the Walk of Fame which, so, was, which was cool um, I lived with we had four roommates in the uh, in the two bedroom you know all going to acting school um, yeah it was I didn't know that LA was so spread out before I moved here. I, I had no, I had no, I, I thought it was going to be like a huge, and I actually liked the kind of hustle and bustle of a, like, I love Chicago. Yeah, I, I you know, the same way when I moved out too, I was surprised because, you know, I lived, I used to live in the gas lamp in San Diego and that was spread out, but you had the, I like, I like a city, you know, and it's like, that's like LA, you think there's going to be a city. Yeah, it's but not. But there's not. It's, it's like 30 cities all just yeah. next to each other, like maybe a mile or two apart. Yeah. Like, like today I got to go to uh, Santa Monica this afternoon and that can, it's so funny because like Joanne when she when her since she moved out when, we, when she first started visiting she's like oh well how far is Santa Monica from you I go 22 miles but 
it can be an hour and a half. I mean, we went to Malibu right. when she first came out, and we're coming back to Burbank, and it's like three thirty, and uh, oh, the on ramps. That's the worst up. time in the yeah, world. Yeah, and it's a Friday, and oh, she's, you're done. she's yeah, yeah, two she's, hours. She's yeah. like, she's like, well, can you get on? I, you can't get on a side route, but you can sit the same thing on Sunset. So you move out here, and now what's your course of action? You, you know, because you don't, you know, you want to act, but a lot of people don't know how to pursue that did you know you needed to get an agent did you know you needed to get a manager or did you want to just get into class or what what did you what do you do well yeah i went to the american academy of dramatic arts okay. which which is a actually robert redford went there too uh to the one in new york is a pretty famous uh prestigious acting school um the one out here i'm not it's been out here i don't know 30 years well, i think like night like late 70s uh they've been at that location for whatever 20 something but uh yeah I, I basically didn't really know to be honest like uh so that's why I went to the acting school, and that was seventeen grand for one year. And it was a three—it was a two-year program. And then, if you want to, you can be in their company, which is you, all you do is plays the whole year, and you pay for that as well. Uh, so I did one year, and I'm like, and I'm paying for it myself. So I'm like, I, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Uh, that's a lot. I mean, that, that's a lot for you know. I mean, I know it's the academy, but I mean, you can get acting classes for so that's much the, that's better. The, that's I mean. the thing is, I tell. You know, like all my people, I meet my improv buddies, and uh, I'm actually kind of I'm coaching a few people now. I say the the best thing you can do is be around people who have who've been out here longer, have more experience. I mean, I've been out here almost eight years now, and I could you know you just so many shortcuts you can say for your career. Find somebody who knows what the hell they're talking about, and and ask questions, and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So you, you get done you get done your year, and now did you gain anything from that year? That seventeen thousand. Uh, yeah, I, I gained I gained a lot of a solid training. Um, okay. Uh, you know, like voice and speech, dance and movement, um, the the uh, phonetics, like the phonetic alphabet, which is which is where you transcribe the sounds, basically. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, shoot yourself. I mean, it's, yeah, it's stuff that you know. You yeah. Know, it's funny is that, you know people don't think about that, but there's actually stuff that goes. I think what everyone sees movie acting, they don't understand. Like a lot of people do stage, it's a completely different ball game, and you actually have to know stuff. I mean, movies, you can just you can wing it sometimes you know and, to some and degree, you have, yeah. I mean you have to have credit you have to have talent but you can wing it and then they can edit it or they can do whatever but in a stage you have to know what the hell's going on yeah yeah um so let me see so you, you get down to school you, you learn stuff so now you have the 17,000 you paid and uh, now do you get an agent out of that or, or oh uh, no that, and that's that was the the American it was a great school great training amazing teachers um, the, the one drawback is is there's not much uh, business of the business going on there a lot of the people you know so we're not being given information on how to proceed with with our careers uh, if you do the whole program you do the three years they have a big agent showcase and all the big agents come and all that um, but no I got out and I, I, I had no idea what I was doing I the the best thing I learned at that school was coming in I thought that I was Brando and I you know I got like all lead parts for the school plays and all that at, at the American Academy but um I had a uh, SNL like style class, like sketch comedy SNL class, and and I had gotten away from. I, I completely forgot about my comedy stuff. Right, which you grew up watching, but I yeah, guess yeah, yeah. You, you were going to a, a, an academy for arts, and you and your plays weren't doing comedy. You were doing musicals and that. So, and you and the you, you lose your you lose mostly your focus. straight plays, yeah. But uh, so we had this the sketch comedy class, and you know we I had I wrote some sketches and and I and I did them and. And my teachers were just like, "You're you're hilarious. You're so funny, and you're so gifted." And and I was like, "Oh yeah, They're like oh yeah, I guess, I guess I am funny." Like, that's all I did growing up was you right. know I make mean, jokes and make fun of people and you know act out characters. 
So it was at that time that I basically decided, like, okay, I'm going to pursue the comedic aspect of this and forget about being Brando, you know, right. like... Well, because, you know, I mean, Brando is Brando, and, you know, then right. you end up being fat, and then, you know, you sit there and you're <laughs> so fat, you have to do, uh, what was it, um... Hardy. You ever hear of uh, you know the, the movie Apocalypse Now? Yeah, you, yeah. You know why they shot him in the in the you know he's in the dark yeah in the dark because he was so fat that they that's the only way they, they could shoot him because he he put on like three hundred pounds and it's yeah. like holy shit this isn't the brand that we want but we want him so it's crazy yeah yeah what's funny about that uh, apparently Dennis Hopper was like trying to annoy Brando all the time well Dennis Hopper was so wait I mean have you seen the movie Heart of Darkness. It's, uh, it's, it's a documentary. It's a documentary no, about Apocalypse. And Apocalypse, in the beginning, when Martin Sheen you know, flips out and punches the, the mirror, he's actually really hammered. And he had a heart attack on set. And then Dennis Hopper <laughs> was so wasted on drugs that they had to send him home. Like, he did a few scenes, but he showed up and he was just out of it. And they're like, you got to go. So it was just, it was in crazy. Heart of Darkness is a really good documentary. For, and if for people want to do young, young filmmakers, see what this guy, I mean, Coppola, even though he's big, he was sitting there and had to re like refinance his house because the, the they hit monsoon season and so everything the production was shot down and and it was like everyone's like we, we can't give you more money so he was getting the money and it's really amazing and that's like that's what happens in this business I mean he was Copley he was coming off the Godfather and he still has to you know do that so you, it's starting on the comedy so you sit there and now do you join an improv troupe right then because I know you're in a lot of improv tro- improv troops now did you but did, were you just going to do sketch or were you thinking of improv after you got out of school. Um, I I had got into improv um, probably s- six months or so after my graduating the or going to the American Academy. Uh, yeah, I got on a team called uh, it was the Actors Improv. Uh, Dave Magadoff, uh, he runs Monkey Butler now, which is like a improv training program. Um, so yeah, I was with them for like a year, year and a half, and I was in the me- the medium class, and then I got bumped up to the advanced right away, and then he kind of was like our manager and booked us in shows and stuff. And I was also at the uh, L.A. Comedy Connection, which is like short-form games. It's in uh, Sherman Oaks, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I, I did those two things for about, you know, a year, year and a half. Now, with improv, with improv troops, do you, are you in the same troupe each week, or do, you, do they mix you up? Um, Back then? For those groups, we had, like, the Actors Improv thing, we, we had a team that, like, you had to go through the beginning, medium, and advanced program and then once you were the advanced you you were basically on on the the main team um la connection was was a weird thing where it was kind of like a farm system they they had different shows different nights and then you know after two months you'd be brought up to the next level or and then two months later to the next level whatever um so that there was because it, it was short form there's no real solidarity as a team um but typically now people kind of stay with the same team or try to they should because that's how you get better faster so you're doing this you're doing now are you, when do you start looking for an agent i mean you're doing and now you're sitting there and also are you thinking that you want to do commercials i mean because you're, you're you're focusing you come from an act near the academy and then you get into improv which you know and you get to the back to your love of sketch but you know you also have to sit there you want to book some work i mean because it's not right like, you know send you so do you sit there i mean what was your process of looking for an agent because did you have contacts through your school and through people you knew from improv troops no i, I really didn't have many contacts at all um Getting a commercial agent is, is is not terribly hard, especially if you if you have a comedy background and a and a improv or sketch background, stand ups. If you're funny, you should be able to get a commercial agent. Um, so yeah, I just did the standard thing where you know you get like an agent book. It tells you all the agents. You look through. Okay, who needs funny people? Who needs younger people? Whatever. Um, and did a mailing of uh, 
you know, like 125. And I had done that two times previous. Uh, and I got no response. Then I, the third you'd done, time, you had done it for the for I getting had, an agent two times before you. Two actually. times previous, yeah. And then the third time I did it, like a hundred headshots each time. The third time I did it, I had I got new headshots that I liked better, whatever. I got like seven or eight meetings out of that. Um, and uh, I signed I signed with Osmeric. They're a great agency. That's where Dakota Fanning was for a long time and all that. And they're uh, you know they're probably like top ten commercial agent. So you signed with them. And now, what happens? Are, uh, do you do you start going out on auditions then, or do you? Th- does it take a while because you're the new guy? No, it didn't. It didn't take long at all. Um, yeah, they they sent me out right away. Um, I remember my first audition. I was supposed to like eat a hamburger, which you, you would think would be simple. <laughs> oh, I've heard. I've heard. I mean, what was it? So you go. You're just sitting there and it's like push. smile and bite. You know, like pick but up did the they, hamburger. Did they give you an actual hamburger? Or you yeah, yeah. They, well, yeah. It's how it's many weird. hamburgers did they go through? It must be amazing. A lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a, so many a huge, actors. huge bag of hamburgers. And like when I left, I just wanted to grab the bag of hamburgers and run out the door. Were they McDonald's hamburgers? It was uh, Carl's Jr. Okay. There. Do you like Carl's Jr.? I do. I I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I'm so, Carl's Jr. They always they're good, but they always taste a little burnt. They look so good in the commercial. Yeah. And they always my my I like that burnt taste. Yeah. To see my girlfriend always says because they don't have them back east they have Hardee's and that's the different Midwest Carl's yeah, right, and yeah. Hardee's but it's like it's that's a typical that, that is and she's right and I agree with her it's a, it's a guy's hamburger chain you can tell from the advertising it's like the, there's no girls walking around going oh I want to get the six dollar you know, yeah, yeah. jalapeno whatever burger so, so you're, you go in that's your, your first audition you have to eat hamburgers yeah and so you figure that must be pretty cool uh, it was it was cool and um <laughs> I had no, I had no idea what like what I was doing. I had no training as far as acting for commercials goes, whatever. I mean, I think I picked it up and I probably like brought my head down, and, and you know the camera was probably looking at the top of my head. I have no idea. Um, and that casting office didn't call me in for like three years after that. Did they? Did they tell you to do the side? What is it when you the, the what is it the slate? Did you know what that was? At yeah. Least? I mean, because some people, some people don't know. Because if people don't know, if you go in, they'll sit there and they'll go slate. And the first time I went, I had no idea. I was just in there. I didn't, you were acting, and they're like, uh, okay. And then you have to turn left and turn right. But you know, if you don't, if no one tells you that, you know what the hell's going on, right? Yeah, that's why you gotta you gotta be in, you gotta take a class. Yeah, because you look yeah. like an idiot, right? Yeah, you do. And they know that they see that right away. Like, oh, this guy's so green; he has no idea what he's doing. So you get your audition and you get you get a free cheeseburger. So that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Not bad. You know, so you don't get called back. When now do you start going out? When when do you, do you are you starting to go out on a regular basis? Yeah, because my agent is you know a pretty you know pretty big agent and uh, you know I have a pretty kind of everyman look. Um, and I was you know I'm funny. I, I would go out a decent amount. I mean, probably you know once a week about like starting out. And it took me. I think it took me two years to book my first commercial. Now, do you remember sometimes, do you remember some of the auditions you went on that you didn't get the part where you see the commercials and, oh, all and the you time. sit there and you go, does that guy, like, well, it's like, that guy looks like me or that guy looks nothing like me? And do you ever wonder, like, you sit there and go, well, I think I would have been better at that? Most of the time, it's, uh, it's a case of them going a different way, be it ethnic or older or whatever. Um, it's fairly rare Fortunately, that that I see a, a, a commercial or a TV show that someone got it that looks a lot like me, but yeah, I always try and watch um, and see like, okay, who got that part? No, because that happens sometimes. You're right. A lot of times they go the, the other way. Like you audition and you think that you want this, and then you're like inside you're going, this is stupid. That it shouldn't. This this way it shouldn't be read or whatever. And then you actually see you read it the way you 
think it should be red. And then you actually see the commercial like a month later and you go, I was right. You know, it's just that then you, sometimes they do it the way you may have read it, but they may not give you the part. Yeah, yeah. So what was your first commercial? You said it took you two years. Now, now uh, how many auditions? Did you count them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How it many? was it was, uh, it was about 80 auditions. Okay, so at least you, you're, <laughs> were, were you getting frustrated? I mean, does it – did you sit there – I mean, I'm sure – my, my feeling is always this. At least you're getting the auditions, so they, they know something's there. Now, were you getting callbacks during this time with these auditions, um, the 80 auditions, or was it – A bit, a bit. Um I was getting about. I mean, I keep track of all my auditions and you know callback percentage, all that. I, I was about seventeen percent, which is pretty bad. Good. Well, no, but not. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't. I don't go really on auditions, but yeah. I mean, I'm on, I'm at like forty percent or something now, which is pretty good. So you, you keep auditioning, and, and, and this thing you gotta get a little frustrated. And uh, so, what, what's your first commercial you book? Uh, Big Lots. Okay, which, yeah. which Big Lots is? It's so funny. Uh, one thing about their commercials: their commercials make the place look nice. The, <laughs> the, the place is you walk in. It's, 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 it's a garage it's sale. Disgusting. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's like a rummage sale. But it's just dirty. And you, you, you find like food products that, you know, you'd sit there and go, what the hell is like a 30 cents dollar bottle of wine or something? Yeah, like I, don't, I don't understand. I'd, and, yeah. Yeah, and you walk through and you go, this is, you know, the commercial, you're like, oh, wow. Because I saw a commercial one time, like, oh, Big Lots. Oh, that's pretty cool. You can get a good, like, a bed. Yeah, if you get a bed at Big Lots, really, it's got like, it's got like stains on the mattress. Okay. I mean, it's, it's, and it's all like, and the, and the one in North Hollywood is all like just families with little kids. You know, like these little kids are running around and like all the shit's pulled off the, the thing. Yeah, everything's all over the place. So did you? what did you play in a Big Lots commercial? Did you play a, uh, a young, gangbanger? No. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they want to make it real life. He was a gangbanger. <laughs> no, what did you play? Uh, I, I uh, just played a young dad with, you know, me and um, me and me and a lady and, and a little plastic baby. Oh, was it a plastic baby? Yeah. Okay, no, I was going to say, have we you... We named him and... Have you know. been in... Was, was, but, but is it supposed to be a real baby? No, I, I don't think so. Okay, so now, now, did it play a lot, or was it at Christmas time, or how... I mean, how often... Yeah, it played... It? Actually, it played a lot. Um, was it national, or just in certain It segments? was na- It was national. Um, and you can you can go on, like, my, my YouTube at dot com slash Corey Jacob and see, like, my commercial reel and some of my commercials I've, are linked up to my page or whatever, but... um. Yeah, it played a lot. Um, now, what was it like? Because it's the first, you know. Yeah, it was weird. I remember you, you audition, and you didn't. So when you went in, you didn't know what the hell you were doing in the auditions. But you hadn't been in a commercial, so what was? I mean, what was that like? Because you're actually in front of the camera now, and it's different. yeah. It was it was cool. It was it was you know it was one of those moments where it's like things are things are changing all that. Um, I remember my IMDb. This is such a stupid thing that actors in LA do. It was like they worry about their IMDb ranking or whatever. You know, I don't. I was in that movie Killer Drag Queens on Dope, which you can get on Netflix. You can get on that, and it was a, it was, it's a cult following. I mean, like, oh, I got to see it immediately. But, but I, I'm just not, by the title, it sounds amazing. Well, Alexis Arquette was in it, and uh, Mark Beltzman, who's a very big improv guy. Oh, I know Mark. Be- Mark yeah, know was my is. partner. Me and Mark were Anthony and Tony, and I don't. I'm not on the IMDb listening. I don't know why. I was. I was a co-star. I'm fifth in the credits. I'm in the movie for 22 minutes. I don't get this whole IMDb thing. Well, you can uh, you can um, email them and, and they'll fix it and put you on there. I'm not even I'm not even in the database. I don't even know what it is. But so, what are you saying about the IMDb ratings? Um, my IMDb rating, I think, went from about like probably two million or something, like previous to the commercial, to like eighty thousand or something. Well, what is the IMDb it was, rating? What is it? It's a, it's just a uh, it's just called Star Meter. It's like of all the actors on film, um, film and TV, you know that kind of thing in the business of all time. 
how popular are you? Kind of that's that's the most simple way to explain that it. Big Lots has a lot of pull, man. You're jumping to eighty thousand. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I went from two million, and you know, like a lot of my friends at that time were were actors starting out who didn't really have you know careers per se or whatever. Ever a lot of people working hard and 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 still not knowing that much about how the business really works, which is. I would say about 80% of the battle as an actor is knowing how everything works. Um, and so, you know, people were jealous or, or people were really excited and um, and that kind of thing. Uh, I definitely started getting bigger auditions because, you know, when you book something, your agent believes in you more and, right. and that kind of thing. Um, so you do the big lots. And then now what's your next commercial? Because I know you've been on a bunch of commercials. Yeah. And you were, what was the commercial with you and Rich Aronovich? Oh, uh, Quelf. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and yeah, they're actually bringing that one back now. They're bringing that commercial back. Yeah. Now, how long ago? Did you, now, now, I, I did to, that like two and a half, like two years ago. But how long ago know. was Big Lots? Um, man, that must have been four, four or five years ago. Okay, and then after that, what did you start booking? Um, Fazoli's. Uh, what is that? Fazoli's is like an Italian fast food restaurant. It's actually pretty good. It's in the Midwest and scattered throughout um, the United States. So, I did John. Uh, John Ross Bowie was uh, he plays like the uh, the food ingredient inspector or whatever. I had no idea who he was. That name's who is he? He's a big uh, UCB guy, um, and and he's starting to book, um, you know, book more and more stuff. Yeah, I know the name. I, I can't place him. So so you, now did you have to eat on that commercial? Yeah, yeah. So now I had taken a few um, after after the Big Lots thing. I took uh, like three or four different commercial acting classes back to back to back to back because I was getting callback, 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 but not booking. Uh, and so I was like, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, I had to eat in that one. And actually, it's really weird, but eating on camera is it's it's kind of it's it's a skill. Um, a lot of actors can't do it. Um, yeah, there was some trouble on set with people people being able to eat on camera because you have to bring the food to you. You can't like go towards the food, otherwise that you know like your eye line goes down. Camera can't see your eyes or they see your head. And now you, you don't really eat it though, do you? Like yeah, you, you eat it and um and you spit it out. Yeah, like it depends. Yeah. What did you get to eat for the Vizzolis? Uh It was like some Italian sub or something. Was it good? Uh, yeah, I mean it's always good. Like the first few bites. That, yeah, that's what I say. How many how many times did you have to yeah. eat? Yeah, I mean uh, that one wasn't too bad. Probably like I don't know, ten fifteen times. Yeah, it's uh, no. so as you're booking these, you're booking the commercials. So you're getting out there. Are you still doing the improv and the comedy uh, the comedy troops or are you just concentrating now just on auditioning on commercials um no i mean the whole time my focus has just been you know gravitating towards tv and film uh commercials are a means to an end that way and um also to get exposure and stuff um kind of took a break from the improv for a while and then i got back into it like three years ago and ever since then i've been doing improv you know nonstop, and also stand-up um i was doing for like Oh, a year, uh, and then I took a break from that to just do improv five days a week because it's so competitive just to, to stand out in anything, and the improv community is so competitive. So, uh, yeah, I've I been doing that about four or five days a week for a year and a half. Now, how do you find your troops? I know you're in a few different troops. Like, Dave, I see the, your posts on Facebook, and the, what are some of the names? Like, different names I don't even know. Skank World. Is there a Skank World? Skank World. We used to be called Comedy Gold. Um, and I, I, remember, think, I remember the Comedy Gold used to put, but that's yeah. sort of like, that's sort of, because there's also a Comedy Juice that book shows. So that might get people involved, uh, confused. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think, it, well, I started that group uh, under the premise of, like, we'd do, like, different short-form games and, and then gradually 
groomed it to be long form. The I, the concept was for each person to find their own comedy gold, like their comedic voice. But I think a lot of the members got scared because our name was Comedy Gold, and they would call us on stage, and everybody would everybody would think would be awesome, you know? Right, like, right, right. Who are these jerks calling themselves Comedy Gold? Now, what's, what's the difference between a short term, a short short form and long form? Yeah, like what are some of the games? Like I know there's like I mean, you know, and I I don't go to see improv much, but I remember like back in the day when I was doing stand up, yeah, like, you guys have an improv group going, okay, give us a setup and this and that. Yeah. Now is is that still common? Because I also hear something called Harold. What is yeah, Harold? Harold? What is that? Uh, Harold is a is it's a specific form of long form which was invented in Chicago I think in like the 60s Del Close yeah Del Close at, at IO in Chicago um, and it's just a thing where you do you, you do like a, like a two three four minute opening and then you do three scenes based off that opening then you everybody on the team does a group game and then you do second beats of those first three scenes sequentially okay um, and then you do another group game and then hopefully after that you tie all those scenes together and make it you know complete piece where everything ties together so how long how long does that show last 25 minutes okay because now, now short form how long does that last short uh each game is you know it can be anywhere from like you know two to ten minutes whatever why do they call them games is Beca- it, is because it, it's basically like okay here's the situation here's the rules of the game like okay. here's the rules of what we're doing uh, the confines of it and now we're going to do that for you so, kind of thing so you went from comedy it's very it's very gimmicky okay well, um I, it's know, fun it's fun to do um I, I basically do only long form now at this point. I do miss short form a little bit, but uh, long form is kind of like the snooty improv where, you know, people, you know, they look higher upon that. Short form is is kind of more of a beginner thing is how people in L.A. look at it. Now, uh, how did you come up with the name Skank World? Um, one of the... Because from Comedy Gold to Skank World. It's right. Like, it's like people were sitting there, you know, people who had those Comedy Gold t-shirts probably pissed going, what the hell? I'm not Skank... I mean, it, you can't go further across the spectrum right, yeah, totally from Comedy World change, yeah. to Skank... Comedy Gold to Skank World. How does Skank World come up? Um, well, it, that team was... Uh, it's all guys. Um, <laughs> we added a girl now, but uh, it's all guys, and it's a pretty rowdy crew. Um, and a lot of times, well, you know, the show goes blue or whatever. So there's that. And then also, uh, we perform at a, we're like a hot, uh, we have a regular show at this place called Neon Venus. It's on Melrose and La Brea, 7023. Yeah. I've heard uh, it's pretty cool. They do stand up there every once in a while. I think. Yeah. They'll have like, yeah, there, it's a theater that's been around now for about two years and, and it's, a, you know, probably like 30, 35 seats, something like that. And, um, They'll have different nights, stand up, improv, that kind. Of, I mean, and it's you never know who's going to be there. Like Eric Stone Street was at a show, like one of our shows a while ago, and uh, you know, last yeah, there's a lot of Echo Callum and uh, Lucas Naff and whoever else. You know, like you know, people are show up there. You, you'll see, you'll recognize people. So now you're you're in a few other groups, aren't you? Are you I, I know yeah. there's always different. Like, isn't it like with pickles or something like that? Or I don't know. There's some Skank weird Skank World, Lunchbox. Miss, yes, pickles, Lunchbox, pickles. That's what I thought. Mister Daddy, um, disband. We recently disbanded Jimmy Hoffa's Body, which I I thought that was a pretty cool name. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's a good name. No, no. Are any of these other guys from the other groups in the other group? Or are you with all different people in these groups? Um. Most of them are all separate teams. There's one. There's one guy that I that I went through the system with. I had in recent class that he's on three of three, three or four of my teams. Now, how do you come up with the team? How do you find out the team? And, and is there is there sometimes where you get the team together 
and then you sit there and go, well, this person really doesn't work. Does that ever happen? Or I mean, I mean, it's not, it's not like someone says, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Not, that not, happens. But it's not like drafting like in kickball. You know, like oh, we'll take uh, Jacob, we'll take this guy, we'll take this guy. You know, it can be, it can be. Um, where do you meet these guys in class, or what? I mean, where do you- a lot of them in class? Like the the comedy gold thing, I started myself. Um, actually uh, October 2011 um, and and I put a casting notice on the LA casting services LA casting um, actors access and had auditions um, yeah and there's been a few people that have been with us for the two years but the other teams basically are all UCB indie team upright citizens brigade um, you know we'll go through classes and then you know some of the people that are more interested and committed to doing it will form a team etc and then off of that, what a lot of times happens is splinter teams form, like, okay, like three people from this team want to play with few, a few people from this team, so we'll get together, or, you know, like, hey, you know, we just don't like that team anymore, so we're going to start a new team, and we want you to be on this team, and all that kind of thing, and that happens all the time. Now, how do you, when you get a team together, you meet them in class? A lot of times, yeah. And then how do you go about finding a venue to do it? Um, there's, there's a lot of websites that, uh, that have like a list of shows, like Wikipedia has a whole improv resource center, which is like a sub page, but it's a whole thing of like history of improv and different teams, shows, venues, all that. So there's a, a page that lists all the shows and then, yeah, basically you just sit down for, you know, four or five hours and submit to all these shows and then, then they email you back and book you for the show eventually. And now what was it? What was the place you were doing in NoHo? Oh, uh, Secret Rose Theater. Now, do you still do that? No, I, yeah, I was producing that. Um, you know, I, I, I went online. It looked like a pretty cool theater. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. Um, that w- you know, like the thing with LA is you have to do so much stuff for free for so long. I mean, I don't get paid to do improv ever, really. Right, right. Um, so yeah, I was producing those shows, booking the teams, organizing it, and stuff like that. Um, and originally, our first show that Comedy Gold did. Uh, we, we did um, like a short form improv battle where we split up our group of like 12 people in the two teams and then um, we did all these short form games and the audience decided who won and there was a, there was a referee and all that and it was awesome and, and my agent went to the show and she said it was the best improv show she's ever seen in LA because it was very very stagey, very picturesque, very, very theater um, and we sold that theater out we had like 80 people there uh, but we we had also spent like five hundred dollars producing the show or whatever, right? What, and you know fifty hours whatever each me and my partner at the time, and so we ended up you know basically breaking even. And it's not it's not and, worth and, it. And it's it's, like- it's so much time. I mean you know, granted, and and a lot of I got half my team got got uh, agent interviews from that from that just from that show, uh, which was great for them. I had already had an agent, right? Um, <laughs> But uh, well, yeah, it doesn't help you. I mean, you don't want to put the money up. It's like it's great for your friends. But I was like, wait a second. I, I, exactly. I already have an agent, so it's not. It's not helping me out. Yeah, I mean, and and that's a lot of that stuff is fine. But uh, I mean, I've done a lot of organized a lot of things that are for free and 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 to help other people out. Um, but yeah, it's it some does a lot of work for for uh, you know. Oh yeah, for for. Breaking for, even, yeah. It's, I mean, all that time you're like, well, I made I made thirty seven cents an hour. <laughs> what the hell is this? So no, no. But I want to go back to your commercials. Now, now you did that commercial, and I saw it, um, and it was only in Italy. The one with the uh, body oh, cast. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you auditioned for that, and people, he does a commercial where he's in a full body cast. It's for the Italian Google. Yeah, e- e- Milioni. And so when you 
when you went to that audition, did they say act? I mean, which you can see your face though, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can now, see did, my face. Do they just say, okay, act like, did you have to like lay down? In a, or do they say act like you can't move? Or what do they do in that audition? Yeah, basically, um, it was, uh, for commercials, there's always a first, uh, a first call, which is like the first audition where, you know, they'll have, depending on the casting director and how much time they have to cast it, you know, maybe 100 people for a part, depending how big the part is, whatever. Something like that where they're shooting like a few commercials at once and casting a few different actors, maybe 50 people for a part, whatever. But yeah, you get in there and basically they say, okay, you're you're in a full body cast for this. So, um, and they basically, the session runner will tell you, the, the guy who's running the camera, will say like, put your leg up here, you know, put your leg over here, look over here. And then um, they'll say, okay, uh, I'm going to say action and you're going to start by looking all the way to your left and then you're going to slowly move your head to your right. But yeah, pretending I was in a full body cast. Now, when you book the commercial... And then you have to actually be <laughs> in a full body. Oh cast. man, that first was. Of all, everyone says. At first of all, I think it would be claustrophobic. I want. You know what? Yeah, because you can't. It, you're in it, a freaking cast. It totally was. Uh, well, first of all, my my wardrobe fitting, which is like you go like a day or two before when you book a job, you know, be it commercial or TV, film, whatever, and they they pick out your wardrobe, what you're gonna wear, all that. So I go there the day before and. <laughs> I think I had somewhere else to be, like, you know, an hour and a half later or whatever. I was there for, like, four and a half hours. This guy's, like, making all these fake casts. Well, he's making real casts. And is he making all your measurements and stuff like that? No, he's literally making real uh, cast for me. And then what they did is they just took one of those little mini saws and cut the plaster out so they could, like, pull it apart a little bit and get me out of there. Um, so I did that. But, yeah, when I shot the commercial, um, they didn't want me to take it off because it, I would ha- they would have to shut down production. You know, while, you know, while I rest, you know, and that would be the only reason for the break. So I was in that cast for like two and a half hours, a full body cast. So you can't move. You go, I got claustrophobic. I started to have like mild panic attacks. And you can't. I mean, it must feel weird because you really you can feel your arms, but you, you, you can't no, move. Yeah, you literally can't move. Yeah, I, I, I was fine for like the first two hours, and then all of a sudden, I like I just got this panic where I was like, oh my god, I can't. I, I'm like trapped. What if you have to pee? Yeah, I didn't have to. But luckily. that'd be awful. It'd be like, what, you know, and you think about people, I mean, I'm sure with a real body cast, they figured it out there's like a hose or something. Yeah. But doesn't, so you did that, but that wasn't just in Italy. Yeah, that one aired just in Italy. You know, what are some other, before we both talk about Gary, but what are some other commercials you've done? Um, I did uh, I did Golf Now. I was their spokesman for 2011. That was on the Golf Network, right? Yeah, it was on the Golf Channel, yeah. yeah. I did uh, seven different commercials for them. That was That was awesome. Did you get to hit golf balls? Yeah. Now, have you played golf before? Yeah, you I, said you, when I you were grew, a kid, you used I, to play. Yeah, I grew up playing golf, and I, I actually caddied at um, Greg Norman's course. And okay. Like a fancy, yeah. Is that, um, is that one of the reasons why you also got the role? Probably because you had Well, they wanted, they wanted um, stand-up comedians who were good golfers. So automatically, I mean, that limits the pool dramatically. But there's a ton of them. I mean, I know a lot of comics who go, Jimmy Schubert and all those guys, yeah. they always go golfing. But they're more, they're more stand-ups. They're not more, con- I mean, there's a difference for auditions. Someone who's doing stand-up. It's, it's it comes across some, sometimes differently. Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's, it's interesting. So you got to that. So you did seven spots for that. So, now where did they shoot them at? Um, we shot them in Griffith uh, Griffith Park, basically. Yeah. Now, have you gotten sent anywhere to do commercials? Like, like, like traveled? Yeah. Uh, well, the Gary one, I went to Seattle. Um, let me think. That's about that's about it. I mean, I'd have to. Th- uh, yeah, San Diego. Um, that's cool. So you get some time away. Yeah. So now, now, do you know? Didn't, didn't you do some hosting thing for something else, or a pilot, or something? Or 
didn't you say for like the Food Network or is that someone else or? Oh no, I did a commercial with uh, Robert Irvine, right? Okay, so the celebrity chef guy and uh, Bentley the chimp. Um, so it was it was me, Robert Irvine. <laughs> he's a great he's he's a great guy. That's huge. He is huge, and he's just a, an endless uh, bundle of energy. Okay, nonstop. Like between between takes and our downtime, he's playing with like the owner of the company's kids and. You know, like, and if they didn't get, you know, if they didn't get the ball, go get it, go get it. You know, like he, you know, he nonstop energy, just a, a great guy too. Now, what was it like working with a monkey? Um, it was actually kind of I was a dream of mine. <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> Seriously, um, I have like a bit of a monkey obsession. Uh, like my whole bathroom is all monkey themed. Like you know, like a palm tree with banana or whatever. Like you know toothbrush holder and monkey blankets and monkey towels and bath mats everything so okay. i'd always wanted to work with a monkey and that's why when i saw the breakdown you know like I, I submitted for it and um i just really wanted it you know like to work with a monkey and and uh you luck i was lucky to get it yeah that's cool okay so now and i didn't even know robert was in it which that was kind of cool like, too yeah, to that's cool too it's like yeah, yeah i want to work with monkey and i got this celebrity chef yeah, yeah. so now people if you know there's a commercial it's on all the time it's uh it's nfl.com commercial nfl network uh, nfl network commercial and you play gary now what when you audition for that because you're a packer fan yeah yeah and so but when you audition what did the breakdown say like cause I, I saw something in la casting it said like Kansas City Chiefs fans, you know, and it's like, well, I guess I can go in and just lie, right? But now, did it say Seattle fans, or did you know? No, it said nothing. Now, they um, a lot of times, what happens when people shoot commercials, the production companies they'll shoot a lot of different spots at the same time, you know, just to you know save money and stuff. So they shot, I think, like seven different commercials, and and you see them on the NFL Network, like you know, like the Saints commercial where they're getting ready for the game, like they actually shot that one. Uh, one of the days um, that I was there, you know, they shot that one, and then they shot like some of mine in the afternoon. Um, yeah. So what was your question? No, I was going to say so. So it didn't say Seattle fan. It said a no, no, it, d- it didn't say that. No. So when you go for the audition, now I mean, basically, because the commercial goes to a lot of different places. Now, what was your basic audition? Was it just a basic audition? Did you have to? Because you don't read, you don't speak in that commercial. No. No. So what did they say? Just act like you're at a football game, or what did they? Um, well, I went to the first uh, first call audition, whatever. I got the call back. I actually booked a different commercial in between that time, something else for uh, that's going to be only on the NFL network. Um, and then I got the call back for the NFL Gary one. And I really didn't care at all because th- they had overlapping shoot dates with this other commercial I'd already booked. So I was like, eh, I, I can't do this commercial. I really don't don't care. I'm going to do a great job. Of course, I'm going to do everything, I, you know. But... A lot when you audition, a lot of times you have ner- nerves and that kind of thing, and you know, well, I wonder what they want or whatever. I really could care less at you had that audition, um, which is usually when you do your best work, right? Um, so yeah, the director basically said, okay, you know, like I saw the script and it was basically at what you see. The commercial was all these different situations where okay, now he's going to buy this ticket. Now we see him at the game and he's giving the guy his ticket. Now we see him looking at the stadium, you know, all that stuff. Um, so he just had me go through those situations. Um, and the audition was filmed, um, I think one of the first ones was filmed on an iPad. <laughs> that's always, that's always, that's it's so great for technology. Though, yeah. It's like, damn. But it was pandemonium because they were, uh, they were, they were sh- casting all these, like, seven commercials and th- at the same office that day. So, you know, there was, you know, 100 actors there waiting, most of them all for a different commercial. And then, um, 
yeah, for mine, they just had me do it. And, uh, like, imagine you're at the game with a hot dog, and now you're trying to find your seat. Okay, and I just, you know, I just made every little bit, like, I would throw something funny in there, you right. know? Um, and that was about it. He had me do it a few times, and uh, basically every audition is just a test. It's like, can, okay, can you listen? Can you do what's in the script? And then also, what are you adding to it? Because we we have a million actors, you know, it's L.A., you know, throw right. a rock we, down the street, yes. you'll hit an actor, go into a restaurant, and, you know, you'll see 20 actors with... What was it like shooting? Were you actually in the stadium when they shot it? Yeah. They, so, no, were they all, like, how many people were around you? I mean, it's just a set, don't need that many people, or was it... It wasn't during a game or anything, was it? No. Uh, well, originally, it was weird, because my agent called me, and she's like, okay, you booked the job. And I said, okay, well, that's awesome, but I'm already committed to doing this other job. Um and then, okay, wait, 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 wait. We'll call you back. So, like, two hours or three hours later, she's like, all right, they're gonna they're just going to change the shoot dates for this one. So, you're not, I'm like, oh, well, that's amazing. That's cool. You're going to be going to Houston in, like, you know, a week or two weeks, whatever. Oh, okay, cool, awesome. And then, like, and then like a week later, we don't know where you're going, but you're not going to Houston. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, I went to Seattle. They filmed it on location. It was, um, you know, it was amazing. Uh, they gave you shirts. They gave me shirts, yeah. I actually brought one along. Now, how did, how did, they, did they just take your picture? How did they make the shirt? Yeah, well, we shot, the first day that we shot, we shot in L.A. Um, and after I was, that's where we did, like, the, the buying the ticket and the hanging up the frame thing. Um, and then, yeah, they just had me do a photo shoot, um, like, pretty simple, um, making different faces and, and whatever. And, and then at that time, they told me, like, we're going to make T-shirts and posters of your face. And I was like, What? And I was like, oh, well, that, that's kind of cool. Like, that's kind of weird, but yeah, it's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so they made the T-shirts. And, now, uh, now, in the in the, in the I had no idea. Like, I had no idea like what this commercial was going to be. You know, I mean, I've done fifteen commercials. Yeah, every, it's, it's on everywhere. Yeah, now, yeah, now yeah. in the end zone, did they just super engraft your face, or because I know if you see yeah. in the end zone, there's actually your face. Which I just noticed that the other day. I think it's actually on your. Uh, it, it might be on your uh, one of your pages, your IMDb page, something like that. There's a picture, or, or something. oh yeah, there's, there's a there's, there's a, a sporting goods store, or a yeah, sp- that's the pro shop at the stadium. That's literally like the real pro shop at the stadium. But and do they actually have that stuff now, or no? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. They gave me uh they gave me like a lot. They gave me that. There's like a ten foot poster of me. Um, they gave me that. They gave me like a few other posters that say "Way to go, Gary" or whatever. Like it's See, game cool, time, though. Gary. Yeah, it's cool. And then they gave me uh they gave me a. They're like, we shouldn't do that. Like, we're not allowed to give this to you because whenever you book a commercial or whatever, you can't, you know, talk about the content of it or right. the concept until it airs. And they're like, well, we don't know. Can we trust you with this? So they gave me, every, like, they gave me all the stuff. Okay, that's cool. Like, all the shirts. Um, and I, you know, I basically just gave them like my cousins and all that kind of stuff. Cool. Well, I want to thank you for coming on. Um, we got to wrap up soon. Uh, give the people your info because uh, first of all, people look for NFL Network. If you see this guy, looks like Ben Savage, but taller and older, uh, and he's got Gary. I mean, he's in the commercial and he's eating a hot dog, and there's people going Gary, and you know, you'll you'll know exactly who he is. Uh, give your you have info. You got contact info. Um, yeah, you can go to twitter.com uh, at Corey Jacobs, C O R Y J A C O B. Uh, you can go on YouTube, CoreyJacob.com slash uh, Corey Jacob. Um, imdb.com or imdb.me slash Corey Jacob. Those are my main right. my main things. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, Corey. And uh, people, check him out. Also, I got a quick plug for my friend Du. Uh, my friend Du Caprilani, a very Caprilani, very nice comic. His book, go check it out. It's A Naughty Boy Who Saved Christmas. It's uh, ranked number one on Amazon's Kindle Christmas books. And he's a good friend of mine. And the story in a nutshell is about the naughtiest boy in the world. 
is whisked away to the North Pole by Elliot the disgruntled elf, and now he has to teach him how to solve Christmas. So go check it out. It's a free download uh, right now. You can check it out. Go to Amazon.com, search Naughty Boy Who Saved Christmas. There's a free download, and there's also a coloring book that you can buy. And 50% of the uh, proceeds for that go to a... Uh, Association for the Arts. So check that out. Also, people follow me at Twitter at Cooper Talk. At Cooper Talk, I have uh, I, I tweet a lot. Also, you can go to uh, my website, coopertalk.net. I just posted my 200th episode. And Yay! Was Cape, yeah, it was a Kate Flannery episode. Also, if you go to iTunes or Stitcher, type in one word, Cooper Talk, and then my, all my episodes are up there. Send me an email, Cooper at Indie 100. Dot com. I'd like to hear what you're thinking. And uh, let's see, this Saturday I'll be at Bogey's in Redondo Beach. It's a comedy show. It starts at 9 o'clock. And next Tuesday I'll be at Michael's in Burbank, right on Olive. So come on out. And, yeah, send me an email. I'd like to hear what you guys are thinking. Once again, check out Corey Jacob. Follow him on uh, follow him on Twitter because, you know, it's good to get people on Twitter. Yeah, why not? Exactly. I'm Steve Cooper. Remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. And don't forget, drink your water, take your vitamins, eat your vegetables. It's time for lunch.